So the reason for teaching again after Imam Ghazali from it, what is the rough between this and the previous section? Because after Imam Ghazali articulated the need for Nabuwa and the importance of the teachings of Nabuwa, that is related to why he comes out of his withdrawal to teach, because he realized that those of the ulama, uliya, who have talimat al-nabi, kefiyat al-nabi, they must withdraw from their life of worship, which may be of benefit to them, and they must actually engage in teaching and guiding people to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the rough or the connection between the earlier section and this section. So it says, I persevered thus for nearly ten years in retirement and solitude. I come of necessity. Now, what is he going to be saying here? Actually, he's saying that I have come of necessity to a realization of various truths. And then I will explain the middle part. He has come of necessity, means he got certain necessary knowledge of certain truths. How did he get that? From reasons which I do not enumerate but partly through my own immediate experience, partly through the ilm, demonstrative knowledge, and partly through iman, I came to a realization of various truths. Number one, I saw, what were the truths? Some of the truths that he mentioned. I saw that insan was constituted of jism and kalb. And by kalb he's saying, I mean the real nature of his ruh, which is the seat of his ilm of Allah Taala, not the physical heart, the flesh and blood which he shares with the corpse and the brute beast. Lower <laughs> means the person who dies also has a heart, and the animals also have those physical hearts. He's saying, I'm talking about something else. I saw that just as there's health and disease, physical health and physical disease in the physical body, respectfully causing it, that physical body to prosper and to perish, just like that there is also health and disease in the spiritual heart. On the one hand, Kalbun Saleem, Man Atallahu Mi Kalbun Saleem, having a sound spiritual heart, such a person will be saved, and another uh, that in their hearts there is a disease, a sick and diseased spiritual heart. Then I saw that to be ignorant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is destructive poison. The real poison for the spiritual heart is to not know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> and to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the antidote to that poison. And then to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against your opposite desires is that shifa al is the real medicine that heals the spiritual hearts. I saw also that the only way to treat the spiritual heart and to end the spiritual diseases and to bring forth its spiritual health is through spiritual medicines. Just like the only way of treating the physical body to end its physical diseases and bring forth its physical health is through physical medicines. Moreover, the physical medicines of the physical body are effective in producing health through some property in them. There's some ingredient in them, right? What do they call that? The active ingredient. So in the medicine there's the active ingredient. That is what brings about the physical cure. Which the intellectuals do not comprehend, but the intellectual apparatus. Again, he's living in a time of traditional medicine, hikmah. So that's not something you could experience with yourself. That was just experience, right? That this leaf cures this illness. That is not something anybody could rationally prove, and that is not something that was experienced through sense perception. Uh, no, through sense perception, it was experience, right? And so the, 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 the hokamah cannot apprehend this with their uncle. The, the rationalists can understand them as uncle. But in respect of which one must expect accept the statement of the tabib, the atibba, the doctors. And these in turn are dependent, so by doctors he means healers, for that And these in turn are dependent on the anbiya. Because the anbiya, through their faculty of nabuwa, they understood the reality and property of things. Just like Allah Ta'ala taught Sayyidina Adam Alayhi Salaam, Asma'akul Nashayk. He taught him the names of everything, but by many Mufasrin say that name isn't just a label. 
Allah taught him the names and the descriptions and properties and features of the different things. Not just names without no, no idea what those names are. But he taught them words, called, he taught them some words which are called names, which had meanings, which had meanings attached to them. Similarly, I came with necessity to realize that in the case of the spiritual medicines of formal ibadah, which have been fixed and determined by the anbiya, the manner of their effectiveness is not apprehended by the akal of the people of akal. One must rather accept the statements of the anbiya who understood the properties through the nur of nabuwa, not through an intellectual explanation. So there's no rational explanation as to why Fajr is two rakats and Dora is four rakats. That is something that is the nur of the ilm that was revealed by Allah Subhanahu to Sayyidina Muslim. Again, medicines are composed of ingredients different in kind and quantity. One, for instance, is twice another in weight and amount. So, one gram of augmentin as opposed to 500 mg of augmentin. And this quantitative difference involves secret sorrow. Uh, two leaves as opposed to one leaf. And this quantitative difference involves secret lore of the same type as knowledge of the properties. Similarly, formal ibadah, which is the spiritual medicine for the spiritual disease of the spiritual hearts, is compounded of acts to bring in kind and amount. The sujood is doubling of the ruku. We make one ruku, we make two sajjan every raka. That's the wisdom of Allah SWT. That's the wisdom of Ahkum al-Hakimi. And the morning worship, half of the Fajr Salah, half of Asr Salah. And such arrangements are not without a mystery of the same type. It means there's some hidden reality mystery. There's some hidden reality thing, which is known to Allah Ta'ala and revealed by Allah Ta'ala to the Prophet but it's unknown to us. Just like there's some hidden ingredient in those leaves that is unascertainable to the healers or the people being healed. Indeed, a person is very foolish and very ignorant if he tries to show by rational means that these property, these, quali- these quantitative determinations are wise, or if he fancies that they're specified acts that this is arbitrary. And not from a divine wisdom, a divine knowledge of the inner reality about them. Right? So this is a refutation of the whole arbitrary understanding of creation. Yet again, physical medicines have bases, which are the principal active ingredients, and additions, auxiliary factors which are complementary, each of them having specific influence on the actions of the bases. They see similarly the sporotics of the nawafa. Now this is now. The nawafa. Why do you need extra? Everything is in the farad and wajib and sunnah. Why do you do this nafal ibadat and adkar? Well, just like there's the active ingredient, and then there's the other stuff in the medicine, well, just like that, there's the active ingredient, which is the farad, wajibat, and sunnah, and the nafal, the adkar, the mashayat teach, help to bring, make, give more potency to that. So they say that the medicine is going to be, the modern is going to be delivered in a certain way. It's the delivery that has a difference. It's time release capsule. Hmm? That's called Bukufikalmi. Yes. And there is intravenous injection that's called Murakama. So there's ingredients are the same zikr. Active ingredients is zikr of Allah Sultana. But it's the uh, the the complementary aspects of it. So similar the Nawafil and the customs are complements which perfect the efficacy of the basic elements of formal worship. Okay, custom, don't understand custom in the English custom, it means the adab, right? The adab, sorry, adab. Uh, even I got tricked by English. Adab. The nawafil and the adab. You were thinking custom, we got them. You can't get them. Alhamdulillah. The nawafil and the adab. The adab, right? So when you pray with adab, 
So that is when things you pray with itminan, ta'adil arkan. When you pray with those adab, they bolster the efficacy, the effectiveness, the power of that ibadah. In general, then, the Prophet, the Prophet are the physicians, uh, the spiritual healers of the spiritual disease of the spiritual hearts. The only advantage of the Aqul is that it informs us of that, bearing witness to prophetic revelation by believing in the trustworthiness of the Prophet and to itself by being enabled to apprehend what is apprehended by the, by the faculty of Nabu. Then, then the Aqul took us by the hand and entrusted us to Wahi. That's the purpose of Aqul. You only need the Aqul so that the because you've been given an akal in order to surrender and submit that akal to Qur'an and Sunnah. That's why you have it. You've been given to it to surrender to that knowledge that Allah Ta'ala revealed unto Sayyidina Rasulullah Ajib, Imam As the blind are entrusted to their guides and the anxious patients to sympathetic doctors Thus far, may the, that is how far the Akko may proceed. In what lies beyond it, it has no part, save in the understanding of what the physician communicates to it. These then are matters which we learn by necessity, like that of direct vision in the period of salty return. So, this is what he says I got of my 12 years. This. Out of the 12 years, I got Yakin and Wahi and Nabuwa. That's what I got. That's a big thing. That's what he wanted, right? Before I had yakin in Allah's Fatah's existence. Now I had absolute yakin in every drop of Wahin Nabuwa. We next observe that the laxity of men's beliefs, so here comes the Nasiha part. Latin is laziness. The people are lazy about their deen. This has been going on for centuries. Nine hundred years ago, Imam Ghazala was talking about that the laziness of people's Imam in this power of Nabuwa and in its actuality, in the reality of the Bua, and in conduct, in acting according to the adab taught by Sayyidina Rasulullah we ascertain that this laziness was widespread amongst the people. Can you imagine that this laziness was widespread amongst the Ummah 900 years ago? So he says that when I considered, Imam Wazali considered, the reasons for people's laziness and the weakness in their Imam, I found that they were four. That one reason was coming as a result of those people who were following the path of philosophy. One was coming from, a reason was coming from those who followed the path of the Sabbath. One was coming from those who were the Bataniya, and another was coming from those who were following the path of Ilm and Ulama. What does that mean? So for a time I went after individual people, questioning them. Said, Why do you fall short in observing the Sharia? I would question one about his doubts. I would investigate, what do you actually believe then? Why is it I said that you fall short in your deen? If you believe in the Akhirah, then instead of preparing for it, instead of preparing for it, sell, why do you, instead of preparing for Akhirah, sell the Akhirah in order to buy this dunya? This is folly. You do not normally sell two things for one. You don't sell two apples for one apple. How can you sell an endless life for a limited number of days? How can you sell an endless life Akhirah for a limited number of days? If on the other hand you, don't, you say you don't believe in the Akhirah, then you're an unbeliever. Then you direct your attention to adopting Imam. So observe, what is the reason of your hidden unbelief, your hidden kufr? For that is the system of Akhid and the Dratanic system that you inwardly adopt and the cause of your outward daring means you're boldly sinning against the commandments of Allah SWT. Even though you don't give expression to it out of respect towards Imam, you will openly say that one should sin because of your respect for Imam. But you're actually sinning. And you have some respect for the reverence of the mention of Sharia. Even that is gone today. 
Even that is fading today. So one person, so he pleases the end, his survey results. One would say that if it was fard to do this, then the ulama would be the foremost in doing so. Allah Akbar. Means, ye bhi there have always been true ulama and there have been untrue ulama. And always in the ummah, in history, ummah gets badzan of deen because of the untrue ulama. So, so this is one person answered him. Why, don't I, why am I lazy? I'll tell you why I'm lazy. If it was so important, why don't the ulama do That's why Imam Zali's work should be read by ulama. If it was so important, then those who were learned in deen, they would be doing so. But amongst the famous ulama, so-and-so doesn't perform this about us, so-and-so drinks wine, so-and-so devours the property of trusted orphans, so-and-so accepts the benefaction, physical or monetary support of the king, the ruler, the sovereign, and does not refrain from haram, hurmat, so-and-so sex bribes for giving judgment or bearing witness, and so on and so on. Allah Akbar, so he said, one reason people are lazy in deen is because certain bad ulama or people who have ilm are making them buzzan of deen. Second person, he claimed to have knowledge of the sawuf. And then he has considered that he's made so much progress that he doesn't need to follow sharia. There's still people like that, there's then people like that now. Oh, humara bazurk to bari ponchemeji. Un kutu haj karni ki zuruti nahi hai. Shabas. Pata nahi kaan ponche? People think like that. And then some people say that about themselves also, not just fake Sufis, individuals. That no, no, alhamdulillah, I'm a good person, I don't need to do ibadah. I've reached a level of goodness such that I don't need to do ibadah. Right? What type of goodness is that? That you're a bad slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is the person saying? What could you have, huh? I'm a good doctor, I'm a good father, I'm a good son, I'm a good husband. You think that, that you should be that. But you think that goodness allows you to become a bad abd of your rab? That goodness should allow you to become a bad ummati of your nabiya kareem Some people think like that. I added that. That's what Imam, Imam is talking about this. Faith in the false Third, the third would say that and anyway, he's taken up with the doubts of the people of Ibaha and those of those who stray from the people of the Tasawwuf. Okay? This was, this was another false creed that they said that, okay, if you read, the Sharia is just to, Allah Ta'ala's prohibitions are just to make you reach a certain level of spirituality. Once you reach that level, then everything is mubah and everything is fine for you. You're qalam. Means the pen is lifted from you. That's not what it, that's incorrect in your canon. Fourth person. Having met the Batani and the people of Talim said, look, truth is difficult. And so we get an insight into what that doctrine is, which I skipped. Truth is difficult. And the way to it that is blocked, and so many people dispute over it. No one system on its own can show itself to be preferable to another. Even rational proofs contradict one another. So no confidence can be placed in the people of Rai and the people of rationality. So therefore... He, the person who calls to Talim, makes assertions that infallible Imam is making assertions without any proof, without any basis whatsoever. So then how can I keep my certainty through this doubt? Mean people will be coming raising the interest of that particular sect. Fifth person says that I don't perform these acts of Sharia and follow these acts of being out of obedience to authority. I have studied philosophy and I know that prophecy actually exists. And that its achievement is wise and beneficial. This is the 
Socratic platonic concept of the ideal man, right? And so I see that the acts of worship at Prasanna's aim at keeping order amongst the common people and restraining them. So religion is for the masses. Right? Right? So I see the acts of worship at Prasanna's aim at keeping order among the common people, restraining them from fighting, quarreling with another, and from giving rein to their desires. But I am not one of the ignorant common people that I should enter within the narrow confines of the duties of Sharia. I'm the enlightened, moderate. <laughs> I'm the enlightened, moderate. On the contrary, I'm one of the <laughs> On the contrary, I'm one of the wise. I follow wisdom and thereby see clearly for myself. So I don't need to follow the authority of the Anbiya, authority of Sharia, authority of Siddiqui, and authority of Salihin. This is the final word of the faith of those who study the system of Ibn Sina al-Asrani. These are the people who show politeness to Islam. You may even see them reading Qur'an, attending Friday Jummah prayer, attending some type of public Eid, uh, Ibadah, praising Sharia. However, at the same time, they don't refrain from drinking wine, from various wicked and moral practices. If someone says to them that if the revelation sent by Allah Ta'ala to Sayyidina al is not genuine in your eyes, then why do you pray? If you don't believe in it, so perhaps he will say to exercise my body and because it is a custom and the place and to keep my wealth and family. Some people keep those of that Some kind of non-practicing, semi-believing, semi-agnostic believers. They say, no, but fasting is good for health. There are actually people who say that. Here, in Karachi. Allah Right? Or perhaps he says the Sharia is genuine. says, no, no, it is genuine. And the prophetic revelation is true. So then if you ask him, so then why do you drink wine if you believe in Qur'an? Then why do you drink? So he'll reply, well, drink is forbidden only because it leads to enmity and hatred. But I'm sufficiently wise to guard against it. I'm a social drinker. Alcohol is prohibited in Qur'an because people do drunk driving and they get enraged at me. Merit of Baram was Zivad Mir. 900 years ago, I'm always saying, yeh bhi piche se chala hai. So I take wine to make my mind more lively. Exactly what they say today. Exactly. If Nasina actually writes here, we can skip that. Ibn Sina writes, he legitimizes, let's say, his drinking of wine in one of his texts. Okay? Thus the net result of his purity of faith and observance of the obligations of the worship was that he made an exception of drinking wine for medicinal, it would be medicinal purposes. Such as the imam of those philosophers who profess to have imam, let alone those who would say that we have lost our and we renounce imam. Many have been deceived by that, by such philosophers and enlightened moderates. And the deceit has been the greater because of the ineffectiveness of the criticism what he did before that people critique the philosophers wholesale and deny geometry, deny logic, he explained all of that. I observed then to what an extent, really Imam Zabli would say that, you know, why are you even convinced by Professor But didn't I write this 200 years ago? When is the Nosos of Pera from this area? So, then he says that, as I observed all of this, 
observed then to what an extent and for what reasons Iman was weak amongst the different categories of men. And I observed how I myself was occupied with the resolving of this doubt, that I devoted so much time and energy to the study of the sciences and methods of the people to so philosophers, Pataniya and the Ta'limiya and the Mutawassimun and Mutakallimun, etc., that to show up their errors was easier for me than drinking water. And after these 20 years of my life, to now recognize the errors of these people, ways to become easy for me. So I observed all this, the impression was formed to me that this is a fixed and determinate character at this time. What benefit to you then are solitude and retirement? Because the sickness has become general. What does it mean you saw sickness in yourself, O Ghazali, so you retired to cure yourself? But don't notice the sickness in yourself. Look at the sickness in the Ummah. Don't just do something about the sickness in yourself. You have to do something about the sickness in others. This is what happens to him. Look at this Ikhlas. Right? So, since the sickness become general and the doctors have fallen ill, an ulama kahalini. That's what he's saying, basically. Although we don't like to share with you that publicly. Right? But that's what he says. <laughs> that the ulama have left that reality. So the doctors themselves are ill. <laughs> and they're not able to cure. Hmm? So if I, Al-Ghazali, adjusting myself, if I spent 20 years to make myself a doctor so I should cure myself, shouldn't I be trying to go out there to cure others? Hmm? And humanity has reached the verge of destruction. Allah, for who knows what he would think if he came today? <laughs> if he could see what was going on today. Hmm? I said to myself, but when will you busy yourself in resolving these difficulties, attacking these obscurities, seeing it as an age, an era of slackness and laziness? Even if you were to work hard and labor at summoning, inviting humanity from their worthless ways to the huck, the people of this age would unite in showing hostility towards you. How will you stand up to them? How will you live among them? Seeing that such a project is only to be executed with the aid of time and through a pious ruler. This all-powerful doesn't mean Allah Allah is all-powerful. It means the pious ruler has the ability to enact the being and implement the system of being. That's what it's going to take. How are you going to fight this? But then he says that I believe that it was permissible for me in the sight of Allah. So then first he felt, after he answered himself this way, I believe that it is permissible for me in the sight of Allah to continue in retirement, on the grounds of my inability to demonstrate the truth by argument. But then Allah Ta'ala Most High determines himself to stir up in, in the impulse of the sovereign of the time. Though not by any external means, the latter gave me strict orders to hasten to Nishapur to tackle the problem of this lukewarmness in religious matters. So there was a bias ruler told in al I order you to come out of retirement and resume teaching and go back to your original Nizamiya. There were 13, if I remember correctly, Nizamiya academies and go back to the one in Nishapur to tackle the problem with lukewarmness and business. So strict with the injunction that had I persisted in disobeying it, I would have been cut off. I came to realize too that the grounds which had made retirement possible had lost their force. It wasn't warranted for me anymore because I had left to cure myself and now I have cured myself, so it's no longer valid for me to stay away from teaching. So then he said to himself, it is not right that your motive for clinging to retirement, your motive should be laziness and love of ease, or the quest for, we didn't call the spirits of power, it means the quest for good, that you want more good, more good, more, more fazal, more taqwim, more sadda, more ibadah, and preservation from the dunya. It was not because of the difficulty of restoring men to health that you gave yourself this permission. So you can't do this anymore. Now the Shalom Tamil says in Quran, do you think that people will be left in the position to say that they will say Amanna without them being tested? No, we tested all those who came before them. 
if he's reflecting on the verses of Quran, what Allah SWT says to Sayyidina Sallallahu that different Anbiya have been viewed by the communities to be untrue before you, but they patiently endured that falsehood that they to their charge and the insults on them until our Nusrat and help and mother came to them. No one can change the words of Allah SWT and surely they have come to you, Sayyidina Sallallahu for information about those who were sent as messages before you. Then another verse of Quran that moved in, and the Allah SWT says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Yaseen, Al-Quran Al-Kareem, Al-Quran Al-Kareem, that the Quran that decides and will make that determination that you can only warn that person who follows the reminder. So here, he reflects on these verses. Next thing he does, which is he's at the age of, when we tell you, 49 or 50 at this point, on this matter I consulted a number of men, a number of mashayikh, skills in the science of purification in the heart, and with the experience of zikr. means even at this stage of his life, when he's reached this maqam of Eliyah, He's teaching us a lesson can be in Kakam Today people love to do Dawah on their own. They come with their own ideas of Dawah. They want to be super dyed. They want to be t-shirts that I love Islam. They want to make up their own mechanism of Dawah. And Imam Ghazali is such an accomplished alam and such an accomplished wali and getting inspired by Allah Ta'ala to recollect these verses that he should go out and do Dawah. Dawah still he does mushroom with the Hakam or Uliya this time. Allah so he asked those elders, and they unanimously, each and every one of them told me, counsel me to abandon my retirement and leave the Zawiyah, Zawiyah, Hanukkah, leave this masjid and, and center for spiritual learning that he had established uh, where he was living. So my resolution was further strengthened by numerous visions of good men. So again, he had dreams of certain people who may have given him some type of ishara that he should come come out of retirement. It could be even maybe he saw himself, for example. I'm not saying this happened, but he may have seen a dream in which he's reciting the Sahih Bukhari to Imam Bukhari. So he realized from that time, if you go back to my teaching of the teaching of Deen, he may have seen some type of dream, but there was some ishara like that, some symbolic imagery, something. So then he's getting so many motivations and impulses to go back to teaching, so he says, has been determined by the that I was that, and then here, this is another shard he gets, that this impulse that he was getting was a, was a source of this impulse that he was getting was genuine guidance and Allah Ta'ala determined that some special guidance is given at the beginning of every century this is a concept of being rejected so he says now my hope became strong and then he has this what does he do? Allah Ta'ala Musafir says in my move to Nishapur to deal with this, this serious form of laziness of Iman and the people in Zulqadah the 11th month of 499 which is July 1106 I originally left Baghdad in Zulqadah 488 so he's saying basically this is a total of 11 years right? Allah Ta'ala is Allah Ta'ala who determined this move and is example of the wonderful way in which Allah Ta'ala determines the best since there was not a whisper of it in my heart while I was living in retirement meaning my intention was not to go back to teaching in the same way my departure from Baghdad, withdrawal from my position, had never occurred to me that I would ever do that. And Allah Ta'ala made that happen just like that. It never occurred to me to go back to teaching and take up a position again in the Madras and Islam leadership or Allah Ta'ala made that happen. Right? And Sayyidah Sussam Salahdi, that the heart of Kalm al the heart of the believers between the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa in myself, I know that I knew that even if I went back to the work of spreading ilm, but I didn't go back completely. Because to go back is to return to the previous state of things. I didn't go back to being the same kind of professor I was before I left. I went back to the active professorship, but I wasn't the same person I was that I left. 
Previously, I have been disseminating knowledge by which worldly success was attained. Was a matter of teaching fix so people could learn fix, become a kazi, and become a prestigious position in society. Now I want to do something else. Now I want to do something else. But now I'm calling men to the knowledge whereby worldly success is given up. And the low position of worldly success is recognized, and the scale of real world is recognized. This is now my intention, my aim, my desire. Allah knows that this is so. It is my earnest longing that I make myself and others better. Because he's not. He still has some years, few years left after writing this. I do not know whether I shall reach my goal, or whether I shall be taken away while short of my object. Allah Akbar. I believe, however, both by certain yakin and my iman, and by my intuition feeling, that there is no power nor might save Allah. And that I do not move of myself, my own accord, but Allah is the one who will move me. I will not work for the deen of my own accord, but Allah Ta'ala will use me. So I ask Allah Ta'ala first of all to reform, to do my islah, and then through me to islah, to do the islah on the ummah. To guide me, and then through me to be, make, accept me as a source of guidance for the ummah. To show me the truth of what is true, and to grant me his fuzzle, to follow it, and to show me the falsity of what is bakal, and to grant from his fuzzle that I never follow it. So now we now return to the earlier topic of the causes for the weakness of faith and consider how to guide men aright and how to deliver them from the difficulties they face. So for those who, for, for those remember his survey, so those who said we are confused because of the Bataniya, since he's written another book on the Al-Kistas al-Mustaqim. As for those who are worried of Ahlubah, he said, I will explain them in Kimiyatus, Sa'adah. In reply to those who, through philosophy, have corrupted their faith, to the, accept, to the extent of denying Nebuah in principle, we have discussed the reality of prophecy, the existence of it by necessity, and showing that there exists a knowledge of the prophecy of medicine stars and so forth, that we did before Mabim. We introduced this preliminary study precisely for this purpose, we based a demonstration of medical astronomy prophecies, etc., etc. The man who verbally professes belief in Nebuah now comes to the relevant stuff, which is our condition. That they say they believe in Deen of Islam, they have Imam, they believe in Quran, they believe in Sayyidina Rasulullah But they equate the prescriptions, they give the same status to Wahi that they do to philosophical knowledge, to worldly knowledge. They treat the truth equally. So actually they are really disbelieving in Nabuwa. By equating it and leveling it at the same level of worldly knowledge, they are actually disbelieving in it. And they only believe in a certain judge. And, and the descendancy of Hustar is such that it determines men to follow him. He means Ibn Sina. Right? They're really following Ibn Sina. And this is not real Nabuwa at all. On the contrary, Iman and Nabuwa is to acknowledge the existence of a faculty of perception beyond the Akal. And into that realm, the faculty of perception penetrates whereby a person apprehends, understands things that can never be understood by the Akal. Here, this has been repeated from before. If our opponent does not admit this well, we have given a demonstration that a super-rational sphere is possible, indeed that it actually exists. If however he admits our contention, he has affirmed the existence of things called properties. Here, this is similar stuff. Uh, I told you we're not going to do this philosophical part. So there's, you can just consider this whole page, page 40, is going on engaging those who have left Dean because of their philosophical reasons. Alright?
Okay, one thing I will do for you on page 41, if you look at the third indent, page 41, the third indent, if the philosopher denies the possibility of there being such properties in the number of rakals, the casting of stones, you will find today also certain secularists who are very mocking. They make fun of this. And why are you, you the, how is that shaitan? That's just a pillar of stone and you're doing rummy and you're casting stones on that, right? So he's addressing people like that. And that Imam Zali, when he's saying that, what Imam Zali is saying is there's a reality to this act which is unseen. What does it mean? That outwardly what you see is we're throwing pebbles to a stone pillar. And if you leave it at that, then yes, what you empirically see has no meaning. But there is meaning in this act because there's a reality, a hakikat to this that is unseen. If a person says that what's, there's, what's the meaning, why do you pray two rakats now and four rakats then and three rakats maghrib, they will say, yes, if you just look at it outwardly, there doesn't, it doesn't seem to have any meaning. But there is a reality, a hakika behind this, that if a person knows a hakika, they will understand the meaning. That's why Mashaik have Muraqib al-Hakika al-Rabani, Muraqib al-Hakika al-Quran, Muraqib al-Hakika al-Salah, because there's a reality behind these things. So, here Imam Zayat is saying that, so the number of Arkan and Hajj, the different other ways of doing Ibadah in the Sharia, so that he's using argument on them that don't you see that there are different properties to different leaves, to different medicines, different properties to different stars, just like that, there are different properties and features to every type of ibadah. And that, and, but we may not be able to ascertain that, but nonetheless, we must still do that ibadah. Then the next thing he says, that you do not confine yourself to believing what you have experience of, but you also accept what you receive information about, because obviously they're following other philosophers. They're accepting the philosophy of the philosophers, so it says you accept them as authorities and why don't you listen then to the words of the Anbiya because they had experience. They, de- they directly saw the truth of revelation. Uh, and if you walk on the path of Sunnah and the, and the path of the prophetic teachings then you will also come to know with certainty that teaching of Nabu. You will be able to perceive the reality of Nabu directly. Moreover, I say that okay, even if you have not experienced it Yet your mind will at least judge it to be an absolute obligation to believe in everything Sayyidina Sallallahu taught and to follow every single thing that he taught. Let us suppose that a person of full age and sound mind who has never experienced illness now falls ill. Let us suppose now that he is a father who is a good man and a competent physician of whose reputation in medicine he has been hearing as long as he was a son but he never actually had his father treat him but he saw his dad treating people he heard from everyone your dad has a healing touch. Right? So his father then compounds a drug, which is that way of making traditional medicine, and says, this will make you better from your illness and cure your symptoms. So what judgment does the intellect of that son make? Let's say he takes the drug, he cannot actually see how what's in the drug medicine is going to cure him. Let's say he takes it, is bitter to the taste, disagreeable to him. Will he take it? Or will he just believe and say, I don't understand the connection of this drug to bringing about a cure in me? I have never experienced the reality of this medicine being able to cure this illness. You would certainly think I'm a fool if you did that. So just like that, you have to, just like you accept that that medicine, physical medicine will cure the physical illness, you have to accept that the spiritual medicine prescribed by the awliya will cure the spiritual illness. And specifically, what he's saying here, the spiritual medicine revealed by Allah to the anbiya will cure the spiritual illness. You have to accept it. 
You may say, how am I to know the goodwill of Sayyidina Rasulullah and his knowledge of this spiritual healing? So I would, I would reply to that question, that how do you know the goodwill of your father? Seeing that this is goodwill is not something you can see from your senses, and goodwill is not something you can rest and prove. So whatever faculty you use, which is your heart, your heart will tell you that my father is well intentioned towards me. That same heart will tell you that Sayyidina Rasulullah was well intentioned towards the Ummah. The same heart will tell you the same thing. If one considers the sayings of Sayyidina Rasulullah related in Hadith about his concern for showing to people the true way and about his graciousness, gentleness, and leading humanity through his various acts of sympathy, kindness, compassion to improve their other, their akhlaq and other, and to improve their relations between one another. Right? So when you see all of this, this is indispensable basis for all betterment, whether in the Asura or in the world, alike. So if one considers it means the Sunnah is the way to have better worldly betterment also. The Sunnah is the way to Ukhrawi betterment and thus following the Sunnah is the way to worldly betterment also. So if one considers all of this one comes to the necessary knowledge that the goodwill of the Prophet towards his Ummah is greater than the goodwill of a father towards his child. Because Imam Zali's core thing, Imam Zali, is the Nabi, Nabuwa's revelation, and how we need it and we have to drink from it. Again, if one considers the marvelous acts manifested in his some case, and the wonderful mysteries and profundity of the <coughs> profound truths that he proclaimed verbally by his, in his reciting of the revealed Quran, and his teaching the teachings of Hadith and Sunnah, and his prediction of events in the distant future, those alamat of Yom Al-Qiyamah, and those alamat of Qurb Al-Qiyamah that are there and already in the Ummah, together with the fulfillment of these predictions, then one will know necessarily that he had attained to a faculty which is beyond reason, which means revelation. Where an, a, a faculty of perception open in him, by which the knowledges of revelation were laid bare to him, which only the elect Mustafa and such other selected people that Allah chooses, Anbiya, they understand. And these are things that cannot be understood and apprehended by the intellect alone. So this is the method of reaching necessary knowledge that Sayyidina Rasulullah is, is to be believed. Make the experiment, reflect on the Qur'an, read the Hadith, then you will know that by seeing for yourself. Okay, so we have now dealt with the students of philosophy in sufficient detail, discussing the question at some length in view of the great need for such criticism at the present time. As for the fourth cause of weakness of faith, that was the evil lives of certain ulama. says, this disease is cured by this weakness of faith will be cured by three things. Number one, the first is that you should say to yourself that the alim whom you consider that he is eating what is prohibited, he has the knowledge that wine, pork, riba, sud, usury are prohibited. And he also has the knowledge that lying, backbiting, slander are prohibited. And you yourself also know that. And yet you do, you do these latter things. Not because you do not believe their sins, but because your desire overcomes you. Now the other man's desire is like your desire. It has overcome him just as yours has overcome you. His nafs has gotten the better of him in making him do things that he knows to be wrong. And your nafs has gotten the better of you and is making you do things that you know to be wrong. So there's no difference between the two of you. Right? Because what ilm is it, the ilm that he has, is the same in this sphere. It's not that only the alim knows drinking is wrong and you don't know that. You also know that that is sin. And in that sense of the sin, you have the same knowledge as him. Right? And his knowledge of other matters beyond this, that's what makes him different from you. But as to what is haram and halal, the two of you are at sin, 
and his knowledge of other things beyond this doesn't imply any greater absence from Muharramah. So he may know the deep details of the fear, but still he has to defeat his nafs in order for him to stay away from haram desires. His deep knowledge of the fear is going to help him. His mudahad of the nafs is going to help him. And the same thing is going to be what's going to help you. So, for example, many a believer in medical science does not hold back from fruit and from cold water, even though the doctors told him to abstain from them. So people say, and people believe completely in medicine and science. Doctor says you have diabetes, don't eat sugar. They still eat meat. <laughs> what does it mean? So it's not the question that, oh, it's not just a knowledge. It's a question of you know, but you're not practicing. So the laziness in practice has nothing to do with the knowledge. Alright? So such a line of thought helps one to put up with the faults of the ulama. In this sense that you shouldn't copy them in their sense. Second, he said, the second thing is to say to ordinary man, you must believe that the alam has regarded his, another way, in a husrizam, that view that the alam has fallen to this deception. That why can I indulge in sin? Because, okay, at least I have all this ilm, which is a treasure for me in the office. So I have so many nikiyan because of my ilm, so I can indulge in sin. But you don't have that ilm. <laughs> so how are you going to do that indulgence? It's just using ways to explain. Not, not that the alam should indulge because of his ilm. But maybe the alam has fallen to this deception, wrong think, thinking, that I have ilm, therefore I can indulge in sin. But you can't fall in that wrong thinking, because you don't have ilm. So you can't fall in that same trap. This is what he's saying it would be. You must believe that the alam has regarded his knowledge as a treasure laid up for himself in the akhirah, imagining that his ilm will deliver and save him from the hellfire. His ilm will intercede for him and plead his case. So consequently, he is somewhat remiss in his atmal in view of his attainments in ilm. Now that is in the point against him. And, uh, and, but, and his ilm may indeed actually be an additional degree of honor for him. And it is certainly possible that maybe he will eventually make it to Jannah on the basis of his ilm because that was also an act that he spent time acquiring that knowledge. But you're an ordinary man and if you look at him and you leave your duty undone, but you don't have that knowledge. You don't have those nikki on the other side of the scale. So what's going to happen to you? Third point is the fact that the genuine alam does not commit a sin except by slip. And the sins are not part of his intention at all. So genuine real knowledge is that which informs us that sin is a deadly poison and that the akhirah, the world to come, is better than this one. And the man who knows that does not give up what is better for what is less will never give up the Akhirah for the dunya. So this knowledge is not attained by means of the various special branches, specialized knowledges of the Tafsir, to which people devote their attention. This knowledge of how to save yourself from disobeying Allah and to know that sin is a deadly poison, right? This comes from something else. Genuine knowledge, however, increases a man's reverence and fear in the Mayyashallah and Ibadah ulama. And this fear and this hope come between him and sin. They prevent a person from sinning. Their fear of Allah's punishment prevents them from sinning. Their hope in Allah's mercy prevents them from sinning. So the promise to desire lesser sins, that does not argue any weakness in Imam. The believer, when he goes astray, makes Doba and repents, he is far from sinning intentionally and deliberately. It doesn't befit a believer to sin intentionally and deliberately. A believer can only sin by slip, and every time they slip, they will make tawbah to Allah Subhanahu So then he ends this by saying that this, these are the points I wanted to discuss, 
in criticism of the faults of the philosophers and the party of Ta'lim, the Bataniya, and the faults of those who oppose them without using their methods. We pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will number us from the countess amongst whom those whom he has chosen and selected, whom he has led to the truth and guided, whom he has inspired to remember him and never to forget him, who he has preserved from the evil in themselves so that they will never ever prefer anything over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that Allah Ta'ala may make us amongst those He has made His own, so that they serve only Him. Amen. Amen. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, you are your weak and sinning servants and slaves. Ya Allah, we gathered here because we are on Dalala. We need a munkid from our Dalala. We came here to be delivered from our astray, delivered from our error. We came here to be guided by you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, ask that you send your Kamal Hidayah on our heart. Put Kamal Hidayah to Quran in our heart. Kamal Hidayah to Sunnah in our heart. Kamal Hidayah to the path of Sirat al-Mustaqim in our heart. Kamal Hidayah to all all of the Nabiin in our heart, Kamal Hidayah to all of the Siddiqeen in our heart, Kamal Hidayah to all of the Shuhada in our heart, Kamal Hidayah to all of the Salihin in our heart, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, Jis Tari Imam Al-Ghazali Dantai, Aapke Chahne Wale Thay, Jo Mujahid Anna Ki Aapko Paane Ke Niye, Is Kisim Ke Mujahidak Ke Niye, Hame Bhi Kubul Farma, Hame Bhi Bo Qurb Ata Farma, Bo Marafat Ata Farma, Ham Bhi Us Yakeen Ke Talamgar Hain, Us Iman Ki Yakeen Naseed Farma, ربی کریم ہمیں علم و یقین عطا فرما عین و یقین عطا فرما حق و یقین عطا فرما الذین یقنون مسبنا الذین یقمنون مسبنا یا ربی کریم جو آپ کی نظر امام غزال کے ہر ہر قدم پر پڑی جس طرح آپ نے ان کو ہر اپلی فتنہ سے محفوظ فرمایا یا ربی کریم ہم اسی طرح یہ اس سے بڑھ کر اپلی فتنہ کے دور میں رہ رہے ہیں یا ربی کریم ہمیں بھی اپنے نظر حفاظت نصیب فرما امت مسلمہ کے نوجوان کو بھی وہ حفاظ نصیب فرما امت کی شباب کو ہر اقلی فتنہ سے محفوظ فرما عرب کریم اقلی کے بجائے ہمیں بھی قلبی بنا ہمیں بھی اس قلب کے بصیرت نصیب فرما ہمیں بھی اس قلب کے ادراک نصیب فرما ہمیں بھی اس قلب کے ذکر یاد نصیب فرما عرب کریم ہم اب تک اپنے حواس والے ہیں عقل والے ہیں اب تک آپ کی یاد کے ہوش والے نہیں بن سکے عرب کریم وہ اصلی ہوش ہمیں نصیب فرما ہمیں حقیقی معنی میں خوشیار بنا رب کریم ہمیں کبھی بھی اپنے یاد سے غافل نہ بنا کبھی بھی شریعت کی خلاف ورزی ہمیں نصیب نہ فرما رب کریم جو امام غزائی رحمت اللہ علیہ اس لکھنے کو آپ نے قبول فرمایا کہ وہ اس دنیا تک نشر ہوا ان کے تمام مترجمین کو آپ نے قبول فرمایا کہ ان کا کلام کو ترجمہ کیا رب کریم آج ہم پڑھنے پڑھانے والوں کو بھی قبول فرما ہمیں وہی قبولی نصیب فرما جس آپ نے مصنف کو نصیب فرمایا رب کریم ہمیں تمام علماء اولیاء حق کے نقش قدم پر چلنے والے بنا ہمیں کبھی بھی بدگمانی ہمیں ہمیں ہمیشہ بندگمانی سے محفوظ فرما ہمیں ہمیشہ
شدت زبانی سے محفوظ فرما بہترین ہم آپ سے عہد لینا چاہتے ہیں کہ جہاں بھی آپ کے علماء اولیاء کی بدگمانی ہو رہی ہے ہم اس بدگمانی کے آمنے سامنے کریں گے ہم حسن زن کی آواز اٹھائیں گے ہم ان علماء اولیاء کی حقیقت کو لوگوں کے سامنے کھولیں گے بکرین تاکہ ہم ان کی جو نسبت ہے ان کی جو ہماری طرف جو ان کی کوششیں ہیں بکرین ہم اس کی قدردانی نصیب فرما ہم اس خدمت عظیم کا ہم بدلہ عطا فرما بکرین تمام علماء اور حق کی تعلیمات کو عام تام بنا تمام امت کو ان کی نکات سے مستفیض ہونا آسان فرما اور اس کے ذریعے سے دین قرآن سنت کا حقیقی سمجھ عطا فرما حقیقی جذبہ عطا فرما حقیقی پہچان عطا فرما بکرین ہم بھی اپنے ایمان میں سست ہیں ہم اسی سستی کے شکار ہیں جو امام حضاری اس پر پریشان تھے بکرین آج ہم اس پریشانی کو لے کر آئے ہیں ہمیں دین میں چست بنا مجاہدہ والا بنا درد والا بنا عشق والا بنا جنون والا بنا بکریم ہمیں مضبوط ایمان نصیب فرما قوت ارادی نصیب فرما مستقل مزاجی عطا فرما بکریم ہمیں علم دین کے لیے قبول فرما اس علم پر عمل کے لیے قبول فرما علم اور عمل دونوں میں اخلاص نصیب فرما اور اس عمل اور اخلاص دونوں میں استقامت عطا فرما اور ان تمام میں رب کریم اپنے قبولیت عطا فرما اور اس قبولیت میں اپنی حفاظت عطا فرما بکریم ہم آپ سے یہی امید رکھتے ہیں کہ جب آپ ہمیں قریب لاتے ہیں اس کے بعد ہمیں بعید نہیں کریں گے ہم خود دوری کے احمد کرتے ہیں ہم واپس بلاتے ہیں بکریم اب ہم سب کو کل کے امال میں نصیب فرما آپ کے کل کے اوقات نصیب فرما کل کے رضام اللہ نصیب فرما کل کے مقامات پر حاضری دینا نصیب فرما بکریم ہمیں ہر ہر سبب قرب نصیب فرما بکریم اپنے کرم کا معاملہ فرما بکریم آج کے جو فلسفی فتنے ہیں یہ علمی فتنے ہیں یا عقلی فتنے ہیں بکریم جس طرح آپ نے امام غزالی کو ان سے محفوظ فرمایا ہم سب کو بھی اسی طرح محفوظ فرما بکریم ہم اپنے دوستوں کو دوستوں کے لیے ساتھی کو لیے شاگرد کو لیے ساتھ کے لیے سب کے لیے یار بکریم جو اب تک آپ سے دور ہیں یار بکریم پوری امت کا ہر ایک فرد کو اپنی پہچان نصیب فرما پوری انسانیت کو ہر ہر فرد انسان کو اپنی پہچان عطا فرما اپنی ہدایت کو عام تام فرما ہمارے دل کو اس ہدایت کے نرم فرما ہمارے دل کو اس ہدایت کی خدمت کے لیے قبول فرما جو مانگا ہے وہ بھی نصیب فرما آج تک جو امام غزارتن اپنے لیے دعا مانگی ان عجیب و غریب احوال میں ان تمام دعا میں سے جو ہمارے حق میں مناسب ہے ہمارے بھی حق میں قبول فرما اور امام غزار سے اب تک اور نبی کریم سلسل سے لے کر اب تک جو بھی صدیقین اولیاء صادقین گزرے ہیں جو کچھ انہوں نے آپ سے مانگا ہے جو ہمارے حق میں مناسب ہے وہ تمام دعا ہماری طرف سے بھی قبول فرما اور سیدنا رسول اللہ وسلم نے جو امت کے لیے دعا مانگی ہم سب کے لیے امت کا فرق سمجھتے ہوئے ان تمام دعاؤں کو ہمارے حق میں قبول فرما محمد <تصفيق> 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 <تصفيق>